Thank you for joining the Red Clinic Podcast. I'm Dr. Shwalen, licensed psychologist and expert in the treatment of eating disorders. Today, I have a very special show for all of you. I have asked my amazing team at the Red Clinic to join me on today's episode because we want to get the point across to all of you the work that we do in our effort to care for clients with eating disorders. So if we don't mind, let's go around and just introduce yourselves. Just say your name, what your credentials are, what what role you play on our team. Let's let our audience know who you all are, and then we'll start talking about all the great things that we do at the Red Clinic. Hi, my name's Scarlett Stucy. I'm a registered dietitian. Um, I have a master's in clinical nutrition, and I work as a dietitian in the Red Clinic. Um, what the dietitian does is a lot of just relationship with food and, and building um, the trust between the client and their body and, and listening to their body and providing meal plans. And I want to add that you remind everybody that there is actual science behind nutrition, not just what we read in pop culture and on magazine covers. All right. culture is almost always wrong. We can talk, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about that a little bit today. Um, how about my team over here? Uh, my name is Kami Spangler. I am a licensed professional counselor associate. I am a therapist I'm here at Next Steps. Hi, I'm Edith Majors. I am also a licensed professional counselor, LPC. I'm also director of the FIT program, which is Faith in Therapy. And I love it here, and I love helping people. And you love working with the Recover Clinic oh clients, right? Oh, my gosh, right? yes. <laughs> my favorite part of it, yes. Hi, my name is Dr. Erica Cooper. I am a provisionally licensed psychologist and psychology postdoctoral fellow here at Next Steps. Within the Red Clinic context, uh, I am serving as an attending psychologist, so I often conduct the initial assessments that the clients come here um, to engage in when they first come to Next Steps. I'm Dr. Chelsea Woolley. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, I'm a psychologist here in the Red Clinic program. Um, I'm also an attendee um, in the program, so I'm involved with the initial assessment, but also overseeing um, the course of treatment for people in the Red Clinic. And I think it's important to just add that, you know, we have a team approach here. It's a multidisciplinary team approach in the Recover Clinic. Um, we focus on outpatient uh, relapse prevention and recovery. We know that the treatment of eating disorders is a long road. It's difficult. And we want to work together for our clients in order to provide them the support they need to achieve full recovery. It really does take a whole team. It takes dietitians. It takes therapists, psychologists. It takes so many people, even you and your family out there, to help with recovery. And so that's really what, what we wanted to highlight today and just really talk about how we do that behind the scenes when we're caring for our clients. So let's talk, guys. What do we do here at the Red Clinic? What is What are your day-to-day um, -day look like when you're doing some Red Clinic work? And, and how do you make sure to impact your clients so that they can achieve recovery? Who wants to go first? Dr. Do we Cooper? want to maybe start out um, and talking about what it looks like when a client first comes in? I love that. Um, go for it. And then go chronologically. It. 
Let's do it. Sure. Okay. Uh, Break down barriers, right? (laughs) So what can you expect when you come to the recovery (laughs) clinic at Next Steps? Sure. So um, from the first moment that you speak with someone on the phone in our intake department, they are trying to determine what what kind of evaluations needed. So, you know, identifying some uh, major symptoms that the person might be experiencing so that they can get them set up with the uh, right attending psychologist. Um, And so if it is identified that a red clinic evaluation is needed, uh, an attending psychologist will be assigned as well as one of the registered dietitians like Scarlett. Um, And so then we will actually do our evaluation side by side. Uh, It takes about an hour and a half to two hours a lot of the time. And really what we're trying to accomplish in that initial assessment session is trying to get a good idea of your background or your loved one's background history, um, really understanding what symptoms they're experiencing at that time and how um, they may best be served by treatment. So uh, there's a lot of talk about nutrition, body image, uh, and also just more general mental health symptoms like depression or anxiety. And then by the end of that assessment, the registered dietitian and attending psychologist come together to make a formal recommendation as to what level, uh, or I should say, like what what treatment recommendations are indicated. So um, do we think that outpatient is the right setting for that person? And do we maybe need to consult with uh, another company or agency to provide the best level of care that's needed for that person? Uh, and from there, uh, we get them set up with services. So if that's with us, then you know it'll look like individual therapy, maybe family therapy, depending on the client's age and needs, as well as weekly nutrition services. Uh, and if they you know do need some care from a a higher level of care, then we facilitate that. We make the referral and we make sure that our client is covered in that aspect. And and we really do facilitate that, right? I mean, it can happen if you're here at the appointment on that day where we will call with you to talk to that higher level of care team and, and let them know what's going on. So you don't have to repeat yourself over and over again. We will truly be there with you alongside and walk you through that process. Thank you for explaining that, Dr. Cooper. That was awesome. You're welcome. Is there anything else that you guys want to add in terms of like what what what's it like when our clients come to the Red Clinic? What about in a therapy session? Edith or Kimmy, you want to talk to that? Well, one of the first things that I think is important that we all do when we have a new Red Clinic client is to express to them and provide them an education about what the eating disorder is. So many times there's a mistake that it's about the food. It's really not. It's about the inability to emote, the anxiety, the depression. And so if we can get them to focus on the emotional part of it and being able to manage and regulate their emotions, the relationship with the food will will prosper. Now, I can tell you about the emotions behind it, but when it comes to just understanding what a meal plan looks like, what it's, what's a good, healthy way to eat, even times and how often you should eat, we, of course, leave that to our great registered dietitians. And so there's definitely a line down the highway, and we all stay on our sides, but it's good because it all works together. Another thing that I think is important that I love to do is to incorporate the family. They oftentimes don't understand. To them, it's like, why can't she just eat, or why can't he just stop? Again, it's not about the food. And so getting them to understand that, and hopefully that'll also help to minimize any shame or guilt that they have around mealtimes and being able to focus on the real problem. 
Right. And then you're teaching really good practical coping skills in session. One thing I want you to speak to, if you don't mind also, is how do you take that initial assessment data that the attending psychologist is very careful to collect alongside the dietitian um, and make it come alive in your therapy sessions? For me, I go through that information and I'll ask the client at the first session to kind of just share with me their story. For me, I can hear it in their voice. And so instead of hearing it in Dr. Cooper's or Dr. Woolley's voice, I can hear what they're emphasizing, what they look like when they say something. Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it this makes me happy? And then we take that and we go with the recommendations, which are always spot on, always. Um, If I see something different, maybe just by how the client is presenting, our attending psychologists are always there. It's their phone call, a text message, an email away. And I'll say, I didn't see this, I saw this, and there's always clarity. So it also provides a very much cohesive um, team so that maybe as a client presents one way to me, it may have been presented a different way to the dietitian, to the psychologist, and so that we can always be on one page. And we will call you out on some stuff if it doesn't look like it's matching. But it's not to, again, not to shame you. It's to give you the best the best care that we absolutely can. Because one of the things that our roles may be different, but we're all on the same page, is that we care about our clients. And we want them to be better, to live better. I love that you said that, Edith. And I really do want the audience to hear that if, you know, it it really does take a team to get somebody into recovery from an eating disorder. You know, I said it earlier before we even started recording, but I made a joke like, hey, if a client could um, get rid of their eating disorder all on their own, they would have done it by now. So it really takes a team to throw that thing to the curb and for a client to truly move on with their life. Um, I kind of want to hear from Dr. Wooley right now because, Edith, you spoke about... um, Sometimes clients will present one way to one provider and then another way to another provider. And the really cool thing about Red Clinic is that we're all here under the same roof. And so we talk to each other, don't we, all the time. And we'll talk a little bit about how we make sure to speak to each other every week in just a minute. But Dr. Wooley had mentioned also before we started recording about how sometimes eating disorders can be really manipulative or really sneaky, right? And I know you've had um, some just firsthand experience with that recently as an attending psychologist who does assessment for a living and yet eating disorders can still be tricky to even us, right? So speak to that a little bit. Yeah, the eating disorders, um, they are very tricky. Now, um, often sometimes the eating disorder will present in a different way. So the client may come in and say, well, I, I have anxiety and every time I get anxious, I throw up. And sometimes eating disorders are disguised as these other things. And um, sometimes for the client, it's easier to say, well, I have an anxiety, uh, an issue with anxiety rather than eating. And um, for them, that's how they've kind of conceptualized what's going on. But part of the really the importance of the assessment is really digging underneath that because it, it can be disguised as anxiety, as other mental health disorders. It can also be disguised as medical um, and that maybe they think, oh, it's just because I had um, this condition or that surgery um, and that's why I'm engaging in this behavior now. And so we really dive deep in that um, and that's also why we have the registered dietitians in these assessments because they give us so much good information. Um, and then we also consult with their doctors. 
Um, we make sure that we are, you know, talking to other providers. So we're getting a really good picture and we're understanding that what's going on is an eating disorder. Um, and that can be hard for the client to hear. Um, that they have conceptualized their behavior in one way, whereas we see it as something else. And um, that's that's a difficult conversation to have, but a really important conversation to have. It's so important. And I mean, this, this just happened yesterday here in clinic where, you know, we had a client present for a red clinic evaluation who was talking about just years of social anxiety, separation anxiety, and then a whole slew of medical problems. And essentially what ended up happening or what has been happening with her is that she was experiencing all of her anxiety and feeling it in her body. And so it would show up as like gastro issues, you know, stomach issues, um, headaches, other ways that she was experiencing all of that anxiety. And it really impacted her relationship with food. She started restricting, she started um, over-exercising, and she knew when she exercised, it made the anxiety feel better. And if she restricted, it made her stomach aches feel better. And so she had been to many specialists, even at some point a rheumatologist because lupus ran in the family. And so she had been seeing so many different people, had so many medical tests, and yet nobody had been able to give her any answers, except every provider she saw referred her to a psychologist. And it's not to say that all of that is in her head, right? That's not it at all. And I, I fear sometimes that clients may hear that if they are being told to go to see a psychologist. It's really because there may be an eating disorder present and eating disorders are really, really tricky and sneaky, right? Um, I was saying earlier too that families tend to have a lot of guilt and shame when they don't realize that there was an eating disorder present and then all of a sudden their child or their loved one is hospitalized they look up and they don't even know how they got there and they think they missed something or they were negligent. And that's not the case at all. It's because eating disorders look like other things all the time. And it really takes a strong multidisciplinary team assessment to uncover an eating disorder. So Scarlett, one of the things that I tell everybody is that I will not do my job unless I have a dietitian who works alongside me. I won't do it. So if you come to the Red Clinic and you think all you need is therapy and you're going to refuse nutrition recommendations, I will tell you that this is probably not a, a good fit, you know, and, and please come back when you're ready. Why do you think or how, how have you experienced that here at the Red Clinic? And can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so when Dr. Wheelie was talking about how sneaky eating disorders can be, it reminded me that um, I have several clients who a lot of their life, they blamed not eating certain foods on a food allergy or irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and so they had just been restricting all these foods, using that as an excuse. But then when they realized they have an eating disorder and the whole team is telling them they have an eating disorder, then we really get to dive into what foods actually need to be restricted and which foods have we been restricting because of the eating disorder. Um, so we get to challenge foods, see um, how they affect the mind and the body, um, and that's really the whole game here is the therapists work on the mind and I work on pushing new foods um, and challenging things that they haven't had in a very long time. So when you say pushing new foods, it kind of sounds scary. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, because I know clients generally are very nervous about having a dietitian on the team. Um, so 
a lot of the work we do with eating disorders is having people try foods they haven't tried in a very long time that may be built up in their head as being very, very scary. And just taking that step to try it a lot of the times can work backwards with the fear, especially if the therapist is right alongside with that. Um, and realizing like that hamburger did not make me gain 20 pounds. Maybe I'll eat it again. <laughs> I love that. So thank you for giving that real life example, because I think it's really hard for our clients to imagine what they would spend, you know, 30 to 45 minutes talking to a dietitian about, <laughs> especially, I mean, have you heard it before where clients will say things like, well, I know a lot about nutrition or I've done my own research and thanks, but no thanks. Right. So how do you, how do you show them that you actually have something you know, that adds value? Well, I think a lot of diet culture is telling people to eat a certain number of calories a day or avoid certain foods. But all that we do here is talk about listening to your body. So there's some days where your body may crave fruits and vegetables all day long. And then some days you're going to crave chocolate and ice cream. Um, and your body does that for certain reasons. So we like to help them look at the patterns throughout the day. So if they're not eating enough carbs throughout the day, that's probably why they're craving a bunch of carbs at night. Um, so there's a lot more to it than just everything that diet culture likes to tell you, 1,200 calories, fruits and vegetables. Like your body will lead you to the right foods if you listen to it. That's amazing. <laughs> we have to have faith in just like the the natural like mind-body connection that we all can be in tune with if we just spend some time with a person like you. <laughs> All right, Kami, I want to hear from you a little bit um, because you are a therapist newer to the Red Clinic and most of your work has actually been with clients, children, pediatric clients, right, who have avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And so here at the Red Clinic, I'm actually the majority of the ARFID clients um, come to see me or Dr. Cooper. And so we're actually the attendings over the ARFID cases. Um, and so Kimi is one of the therapists that will do some of the play therapy with those kids. Can you just speak a little bit to like what it's been like to be on this team and, and how you've moved forward in therapy sessions in consultation with the attendings? Yes, absolutely. Um, so since I am a newer um, therapist and I do love um, play therapy, sometimes it's hard to know um, exactly what is age appropriate for children and how to bring up coping skills and how to get them in tune with their body. Um, and so one thing that I really appreciate um, from the multidisciplinary approach is that I can always go to Dr. Schwalen or Dr. Cooper or any other of the attendings and um, ask them for their input. Dr. Schwalen has really helped me to um, work a lot of grounding into um, my play therapy with my children. And that really um, helps them to kind of get out of their own head with the anxiety, um, or maybe they have some sensory issues that they are struggling with. And so when we work on grounding, it helps them to be more focused in the present moment and not so fearful of whatever is kind of going on inside of their own head. Um, and so that has really helped me as a new therapist to have the team approach. Um, so when I hear grounding, I know a lot of parents out there are like, wait, you want me to ground my child? Like, what are you talking about? So you alluded to the fact that it helps, you know, children really be in the present moment. But could you, because you brought it up, just talk a little bit about what it actually is? Sure. Um, grounding really um, uses your five senses. And um, so what, what I 
tend to teach them is to, um, we do a five, four, three, two, one approach. And we take five things that you can basically see around the room. I have them describe it for things that you can feel. We do three very intentional breaths, three deep breaths in, hold it, and then um, release for three seconds. Two is two things that you can hear. And then one is we have them smile and say something nice about themselves. And um, most children, after they do this, they realize that whatever it is that they were anxious about initially has reduced um, a little bit. And if I can get them to move the needle even one one um, you know number down, then I can show them that they can self-soothe in moments of distress. And this is something that children can use um, throughout their day. They don't have to have anything with them to be able to do this. And they can learn this technique and they can take it with them um, throughout life. And it yeah. really is beneficial for them. Yes. And children can use it. Adults use it. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And the cool thing is we don't even need to know what the person's anxious about. We just need to know that they are anxious, right? right? We can show them that they have the ability to bring their anxiety down and we didn't even need to know what they were thinking about. So yes. that's really cool, right? Yes. Well, thank you for sharing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So one thing that you did bring up, Kami, is that you have been in consultation with the team and it's really helped you to figure out what to do in session with the clients. So I would love for all of us now to share with the audience what we do as a team, our structured meetings every week, what those look like and what y'all get out of those, right? So let's talk. Um, who wants to talk about rounds? <laughs> How about you, Edith? Okay, so our rounds discussion, we really go through every single client that we have. The dietitian talks about what they've worked on since their last session, um, and then poses any questions, any new information about that client, so that the whole entire team can hear it. I may not know Kami's um, client per se, but what's going on with them, we all have an understanding of. And then the therapist will speak up and talk about what they're working on with that client. And then we all work to figure out, is there a bridge we need to cross? Is there something that needs to be reassessed? Um, if there are certain um, events or, or experiences that the client is having that maybe I as a therapist can't connect to or don't quite understand, I've got umpteenth number of people in all phases of this process to lean on. And we are so good, and this is what I really appreciate about this team, we are so good to lending our knowledge to one another. And so we, we round, we take the time to discuss each client individually, um, and we listen. I don't just wait till my client is called to hear what's going on or, or be prepared to say anything. We listen to what's going on with all clients. Because while I always tell people, you might be individual and you might be special, but you're not necessarily one of a kind. And so there are some things that can cross over that I can learn from hearing what a therapist and the RD has to say about a client that may not be mine, but I could also learn because it may affect my client in a different way. Absolutely. And I mean, one of the reasons, you know, it, it literally is like we're all sitting at a round table almost um, with virtual everything these days. It's a lot of it is, you know, teams meetings and virtual meetings, but we get together once a week 
and we talk about every single client in the recover clinic, right? And it's important for um, y'all to understand that because a lot of times clients will come and they'll have a two hour assessment with an attending psychologist and then they'll say, but I really like you and I, I just want you to be my team, right? Like I don't want to meet someone else now or what does that mean? Am I ever gonna see you again? And the fact is you can't get rid of us. <laughs> We're always talking about you, even though you don't know we are. We're trying to make sure you're getting the best care and we're watching your progress very closely to make sure that true recovery is being achieved. Um, so one thing, Scarlett, if you don't mind, just bringing up as a dietitian, I mean, you, you really take the lead in rounds, right? Like that's the model of the meeting and you bring so much to the table. That's not just about therapy and progress and therapy. Can you speak a little bit about what you're monitoring, what you're looking at, which diagnoses you have in mind and that kind of thing? Right. I love getting to lead rounds. Um, it gives us a sense of like autonomy and purpose on the team. Um, but I love it because it gives us an intentional chance to connect with the therapist. Um, because like we talked about, eating disorders are sneaky. So they may be telling me that they're eating everything like they're supposed to. And then maybe they slipped up in therapy and mentioned they skipped something. So it's a good chance for the dietitian and therapist to um, make sure that all things are aligning. Um, a lot of the things I'm monitoring is um, their weight status. A lot of clients don't know their weight, but they either have their spouse or a doctor or um, their parent send a blind weight to us. Um, so I was asked yesterday, what's a blind weight? <laughs> it's when they turn around and get weighed backwards or you put your hand in front of the numbers so um, okay. the client can't see it. All right. Um, and then they email it secretly to me. Um, so just monitoring the weights, making sure they're at a weight that is okay for their health, making sure that it's not indicated that maybe they need to go to a higher level of care if they've lost too much weight. Um, also looking at their pre-existing diagnoses. Um, that's the tricky part with nutrition is we do have to um, monitor things like diabetes and IBS if it's a true diagnosis um, while also monitoring the eating disorder. Um, so it's tricky to do that, but I think as an interdisciplinary team, it gives me way more tools than if I was just doing it by myself. And, you know, in rounds too, there have been moments where certain topics have come up in nutrition sessions and you've been kind of stumped. Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little bit on how the team has helped you with like kind of where to go next? Cause it's not necessarily a nutrition related topic, but it's like a body image topic or something. Yeah. And with eating disorders, we know it's not just about the food, right? So right. it's in inevitable that someone's going to talk about, well, like, I can't eat that because that triggers body image for me or whatever. So how has the team helped you with some of those types of questions? When you were asking that question, body image was the mm -hmm. thing that came to mind um, because people automatically associate what they eat with how it affects their body. Um, and so eating disorders love to make you think that if you eat a hamburger, you're going to gain weight. I have had a couple clients who had very severe issues with body image that as a dietitian alone, I'm not prepared to deal with. Um, I can help with body image in the physical aspect of things like, well, we know you didn't gain weight from one meal and talking through the, the logic and the science behind it um, and helping them to appreciate their body for the thing that it allows them to do, like play sports and, you know, 
have a pregnancy and things like that. But a lot of those deeper um, body image things are what the therapist helps them to work through. So that is kind of a gray area that I've been learning about. I think you've been doing really awesome with it. Um, I think the fact that clients are bringing those um, topics to you, uh, tell all of us here that they, they trust you. They have that relationship with you. And I think that's so important that our audience hears that a dietitian is not the scariest provider ever. <laughs> they will not hurt you. Mm-hmm. They actually will develop a really close relationship with you to the point where you're going to feel comfortable talking to them about things that maybe you never imagined talking to a dietitian about before. Right. And we're proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and Red Clinic's proud of you. <laughs> Um, all right. So what, what else should we talk about today? What do we want to make sure our audience takes away from our panel discussion? Anything on your mind? So Red Clinic Group Supervision is all about having about an hour for the Red Clinic team to come together and learn new things, discuss cases more in depth um, that we just didn't have the chance to touch on as much during rounds. Or just talk about things in general. Um, I I remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking a lot about, uh, you know, bariatric surgeries and all of the myths associated with them, all of the potential health risks that come up, uh, the cases in which they're used where it's is very clearly not appropriate, even from a non-medical standpoint. Uh, and so it just provides this unique opportunity to come together as a team and discuss things at a higher level um, while continuing to get that feedback from others. Well, thank you for bringing that up because we do also have that second meeting every other week. So that's really important to talk about. I love that you brought up that we just like have conversations because one of the things that we really believe in here for all of our providers is continuing education, keeping each other sharp. You know, someone said it earlier, like we freely share information with each other. We all have the same goal and it's to be the best provider possible so that you can reach recovery. That's it. That's all we focus on. And, and we surround team activities every week in structured meetings or unstructured just in the hallway or on a quick phone call, um, consultation and education learning experiences. And there you have it. That's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Can't wait to see you again next week. 